We hope you are enjoying our expanded podcast schedule. For the month of July, we have something new for our members. Each month, members who successfully answer our bonus content quiz will be entered for a chance to win a pair of AirPods Pro. To participate, you must have access to the bonus sections of the podcasts. Members also receive an ad-free listening experience, an evening newsletter, an invitation to join the DSR Slack community, and more. Best of all, if you become a member in the month of July, you'll receive 50% off the normal membership price. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code fireworks at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code fireworks. Thank you for your support. It's July 6, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Chris Cotnor. And I'm Riley Fessler. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko announced that the leader of Russia's Wagner Group, Yevgeny Prigozhin, is no longer in Belarus, raising uncertainty about the recent deal that ended the rebellion. Initially, Lukashenko stated that Prigozhin had arrived in Belarus as part of the deal, but he now claims that Prigozhin is in St. Petersburg or Moscow. The question of whether the Wagner fighters will move to Belarus remains unresolved and will depend on decisions by Russia and Wagner. The terms and implementation of the deal are highly uncertain, as noted by Lukashenko. Meanwhile, Lukashenko expressed his intention to meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin to discuss the Prigozhin situation. Lukashenko reaffirmed that Belarus offered Wagner the option to station fighters in the country, although neighboring NATO countries have expressed concern about this. Lukashenko does not see a Wagner presence in Belarus as a risk and believes his country could benefit from Wagner's expertise. Belarus, a close ally of Russia, has recently received Russian tactical nuclear weapons. Lukashenko warned the West that Belarus does not intend to attack anyone with nuclear weapons unless provoked, emphasizing that aggression would receive an immediate response. A Russian rocket attack on an apartment building in Lviv, western Ukraine, has resulted in the death of at least four people, including a 21-year-old woman and a 95-year-old woman. The mayor of Lviv called it one of the biggest attacks on the city, with over 30 houses destroyed and 34 people injured. Russia's military has not commented on the incident. Lviv's regional head expressed his disappointment with the low number of people seeking shelter during the attack. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky promised a significant response to the assault. Ukraine's Air Force accused Russia of launching the missiles from the Black Sea, and while some missiles were reportedly intercepted, one hit Lviv. Recent months have seen Russia carry out deadly attacks on Ukrainian cities, targeting civilian areas and causing power outages. Lviv, despite being in the western part of the country, has experienced previous Russian attacks, including a recent drone strike on critical infrastructure. The Washington Post conducted an investigation into a tragic shipwreck in the Mediterranean Sea, suggesting that it was a preventable tragedy. The incident involved a migrant boat called the Adriana, which capsized and caused the death of as many as 750 people. Greek officials denied responsibility, claiming that the boat was making steady progress and people on board didn't want help. 
However, the investigation found conflicting accounts and inconsistencies in the official statements. The boat's speed fluctuated dramatically, indicating possible engine problems, and it circled back on its route. Maritime rescue experts criticized the Greek Coast Guard for not launching an all-hands rescue effort and failing in their obligation to intervene. The investigation also revealed that the Greek Coast Guard had a reputation for aggressively pushing migrant boats out of the search and rescue area they were responsible for. Survivors reported fears that the boat would overturn while receiving help from larger ships. The Coast Guard emphasized that the Adriana rejected help, but analysts argued that the Coast Guard should have considered who was resisting and why. Elsewhere, the International Atomic Energy Agency, or IAEA, has called for increased access to the Zaporizhia nuclear plant in Ukraine, which is under Russian control. The IAEA is seeking additional access to the site to verify the absence of mines or explosive amidst rising military tensions and accusations of sabotage between Russia and Ukraine. Recent inspections did not find any visible indications of threats, but the IAEA believes further access would help clarify the situation. Both Russia and Ukraine have accused each other of planning attacks on the plant, with Ukraine alleging that Russia placed objects resembling explosives on the power units. Russia, on the other hand, claimed that Ukraine was plotting sabotage. The situation has raised concerns about a potential radiation catastrophe, and the residents have been warned to be prepared for evacuation in case of a major leak. Iran announced that it had obtained a court order to seize a Bahamas-flagged oil tanker, the Richmond Voyager, following a collision with an Iranian vessel in Gulf waters. The collision resulted in injuries and flooding on the Iranian ship, prompting its owner to request the seizure of the tanker. The U.S. Navy, responding to a distress call from the Richmond Voyager, prevented Iran from commandeering the vessel by deploying a guided missile destroyer. The incident follows previous tanker seizures by Iran in the region, which has been prone to tensions between the United States and Iran. The Strait of Hormuz, where the incident occurred, is a crucial route for global oil transportation. The Justice Department has released previously redacted sections of a warrant application it submitted to search Donald Trump's Florida property for classified documents. The newly revealed paragraphs provide important evidence, including surveillance footage showing boxes being moved by a Trump aide before investigators arrived. The affidavit explains why the search was authorized and why investigators believed documents were being withheld. The disclosure comes after a 38-count indictment charged Trump and his valet, Walt Nada, with concealing classified records at Mar-a-Lago. Nada is scheduled for arraignment, while Trump has pleaded not guilty to multiple felony counts. In lighter news, over 1,000 people gathered in Dundam, Saskatchewan, dressed in dinosaur costumes with the aim of breaking the Guinness World Record for the most people dressed as dinosaurs. Organized by Gary Grady, owner of Big Murr's Tavern, the event attracted 1,163 participants surpassing the previous record of 253. The community came together after the idea gained traction on social media, resulting in a lively dino dance party. Participants received certificates and enjoyed a family-friendly atmosphere with food and beverages. The event concluded with a coordinated dance session featuring popular songs and line dances. Thanks to listener Alan M. for sending us this story. 
That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief. If you'd like more in-depth analysis of these issues, along with our sources for today's episode, be sure to follow the links in the show notes and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.